Welcome to Worship with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia, brought to you at a time when we join you in practicing social distancing to curb the pandemic virus. This sermon podcast is from our online virtual worship service that you can find through our website at opmh.org. We pray that in the not-too-distant future we will welcome you in person when you visit us in Old Town, Alexandria. Welcome to worship here at the Old Presbyterian Meeting House. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, know that you are welcome here. The Lord be with you. Let us worship God. Our reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Listen for God's word to us this day. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. 
When he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay beginning with the last, and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious? because I am generous. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As a young boy, I marveled at how my dad could always come up with the right answer to a math problem. He could rarely explain how he solved the problem at least in a way I could share it with my teachers, but solve it, he did. By the time I got to high school, I thought I understood math. I think I took every course that was offered, from algebra to plane and solid geometry to trigonometry and even calculus. It wasn't until much later, when my own children were in high school and studying math, that I discovered how little I actually knew about the subject. I had been immersed in a curriculum that was a mile wide, but only an inch deep, leaving me unable to speak the language and unable to help my children. The understanding and teaching of math had evolved to focus on a more conceptual understanding of numbers than the rote memorization of numbers and formularies that I had been taught so that today's students learned how to think like mathematicians and scientists, to go deep as well as wide. It's called new math, and it is helping new students to understand how math actually works. Well, I bring this up because Jesus seems to talk about math a lot, particularly in reference to the kingdom of God. Here are a few examples, some of them from recent lessons. Someone leaves everything and follows Jesus. Someone sells everything in order to buy a field with hidden treasure. A merchant sells everything to buy one pearl of great value. Someone forgives their neighbor, not seven times, but 77 times. A king forgives the debt of a subject who owes him 10,000 talents. A shepherd leaves 99 sheep to search for one who is lost. 
5,000 people are fed with just five loaves of bread and two fish. A landowner trusts his stewards to invest one, five, and ten talents. A farmer scatters seed on all kinds of soil. A woman adds a little yeast to three balls of dough and they all rise. A single mustard seed grows into the greatest shrub of all. And an about-to-be-fired bookkeeper fudges the books, reducing the debts of important people, hoping they will treat him well once he is fired. And on and on it goes. The point here, as Rolf Jacobson points out, is that once you start to figure out the math in Jesus' parables, you start to realize it doesn't make much sense at least not from the perspective of the old math, the math that actually balances the books and works out evenly. And that, of course, is what Jesus is trying to tell us. As Jacobson puts it, the old math of the kingdom of this world is a math of cause and effect, of keeping score, of making someone pay. According to the old math, you only have to forgive someone a couple of times, seven tops. After that, hold and grudge, don't get fooled again. According to the old math, those who are righteous will be blessed and those who are sinners will be cursed. According to the old math, selling everything to follow a crucified Lord does not make any sense especially when the Lord says that the reward for following will just be more suffering. According to the old math, it makes no sense to leave 99 sheep in the wilderness to go after one lost sheep. Better to write one sheep off your taxes and take the 99 to market. You'll still make a profit. The old math is about the law. It is about how the world works. But as Jacobson notes, our calling as Christians is to learn and practice the new math, the math of God's kingdom, the math of resurrection, new life, grace, and forgiveness, so breathtakingly vast that it cannot be calculated or even comprehended. In today's parable about the kingdom of God, Jesus shows us the stark contrast between the old and new math. In fact, he shows us how foolish it is to try and use the old math for determining who God is and how God works. In God's kingdom, there is no need for a ledger, a scorecard, or a contract. In God's kingdom, there is no formulary for forgiveness, no cap on grace, no limit on love. It bears noting that today's parable is bracketed with stories about the reversals that characterize life in the kingdom of God. Reversals that tend to trouble people like us, people who think they have an inside track to the kingdom. Most of us, I think, probably identify most with the first hired in this story, 
the ones who have labored all day in the vineyard, and yet who are paid last, and paid the same as those who worked only an hour or two at best. And like the first hires, we are quick to grumble about such obvious inequalities. We see this most acutely in our debates on immigration. But let's try to put ourselves in the shoes of the last hired for a moment. What must it have been like for them to be paid first and paid the same as those who have worked all day? Similarly, what might it be like to be a new immigrant with the chance to better your life with a new job and a living wage? Well, that changes things, doesn't it? As Matthew tells the story, the vineyard owner goes back to the marketplace late in the day and seeing others still standing around, he asks them, why are you standing here idle all day? And they answered him saying, because no one has hired us. Matthew doesn't tell us why they were not hired. Maybe they did not have the needed skill set. Maybe they did not speak the language. Maybe they did not have a green card. Or maybe there simply were not enough jobs to go around. Well, whatever the reason, they had been left out and left behind. To paraphrase Stanley Saunders, in those days, day laborers constituted a limitless and disposable fuel, bodies to be burned up, that made the ancient economy run. And our world is still full of such bodies who make our clothes, produce our food, and assemble our electronic gizmos, and yet never gain enough traction to be able to join the world of consumers. Jesus's parable pulls back the curtain on the ways our own world works, just as it did for those who first heard it. As the story unfolds, it is clear that the last hired were people who needed to work, people who wanted to work, people who were in fact willing to work if only they could find work. So imagine how grateful they must have been to be offered a chance to work and how surprised they must have been to be paid first and paid the same as those who had worked all day. In this story, the last are literally first in that they are paid first and the first are literally last in that they are paid last. But notice as well that the first who are now last are not cut out of the deal. They are paid what they were promised. In this parable, Jesus shows us how the new math works. In God's kingdom, everyone receives the necessary daily bread, which as Warren Carter notes, 
undermines the old distinctions and competition that preoccupy the disciples and so often preoccupy us. Carter writes, instead of maintaining differentiation among the laborers based on performances, instead of reinforcing the superiority of some at the expense of the rest, the vineyard owner evens out the distinctions and treats them in solidarity as equals. Instead of using wages to reinforce distinctions, he uses wages to express equality and solidarity. Carl Jacobson, Roth's brother, who is also a biblical scholar, reminds us that this new math can be seen in the other gospels as well as in the book of Revelation, shedding some light on how this new math works. He writes, this scandalous reversal of expectation or our sense of justice and even our hopes is a central theme of the New Testament. Whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. So much for human ideas of greatness. And who is worthy to enter the gates of God's kingdom? Some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. And yet Jesus, who is first and last, tells us that we need not fear. For in the one who is both first and last, the first and last will be brought together in the fullness of God's kingdom. Such is the new math of the kingdom of God, the kind of math that is as deep as it is wide. And as such, it is something we cannot calculate or control. We can, however, give thanks that God's love and God's grace comes to us and to all people free and unmerited without any strings attached. And we can quit grumbling about God's generosity. Amen. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. And help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord by endeavoring to be as generous towards others as God has been generous toward you. And so may the blessings of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, come to you and all God's people this day and every day. Amen.